Thank you for purchasing this audio product. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe that your faith will increase and your life changed by applying the principles in this teaching. So tonight is going to be a prophetic night. How many of you are ready for the prophetic to come and to minister to you tonight? Let me see. Wave your hands at me. All right. The prophetic, when it comes, it's, it's beautiful. It ministers to us. And um, tonight, God is really going to end off the book of Esther in a prophetic way. And I'm so glad that you are here. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm so glad you came with me or that you are here tonight. It's so nice to, to have someone like you sit next to me. Just, just tell them how honored you are that they sitting next to you tonight. All right. All right. Tell them that, you know, neighbor, you should be honored to sit next to me tonight. All right, just a, a quick recap, just a, a quick recap on the book of Esther, um, if you want to make some notes on this part. Um, the first thing that we learned was that public dishonor brings public shame. Public dishonor brings public shame. And we learned that everyone in this life deserves a queen or a king, amen? All right, but you have to be one first. Before you can get them. You attract who you are, not, who, well, not, not what you want. I want you to say that with me. Say, I attract who I am, not what I want. And that's true. You attract who you are on the inside. You attract those type of things. Come sit in the front. Uh, there at the back, please. My brother under the gallery. Thank you. All right. Uh, sometimes you can't trace God, but you have to trust him. All right, you remember that? In the book of Esther is one of the only books in the Bible that doesn't mention God once. It doesn't mention God once. And you know why? Because sometimes you can't trace Him. Sometimes you can't see Him. Sometimes you don't even feel Him. But He's there. And you have to trust Him. All right. Humility brings access to the king's courts. Esther had a humble heart. And she received access to the king's courts. And we learned that Mordecai was the remnant of God. He said no to bowing to Haman, and while the rest of the world said yes. So Mordecai was one of the only people to say no to a worldly system, while everyone else said yes to it. So will you be like Mordecai, or will you be like everybody else? And will you be like Esther, that stood in the gap for her generation, in prayer and in fasting? Esther stood in the gap for three days and three nights. She didn't eat or drink with her people. Mordecai with his people, they didn't eat or drink so that God could deliver the Jews. And if you know why, what happened is that basically Haman um, sent out a decree against the Jewish people um, with the king's signet ring on it, his signature on it, to say that on this day, the 12th, whatever, whatever, you can kill a Jew at any time for no reason. That's the decree that was sent out. So imagine that happened to your people. Imagine a decree was sent out to your people. And they said, listen, on the 13th of the 12th of whatever, you know, we're going to, we allowed to kill your people. We allowed to kill your people. All right. If, if they said that, how would you feel? Would you feel hurt by it? Would you feel nervous for that day to come? If they said, you know what, on that day, we're killing all the Indians. 
on the 12th of April, 2020, we're killing all the Indians. Matthew, how do you feel, brother? You feel nervous, right? You want to cry. You say, no, man, why just us? All right? So that's the creed that was sent out, and um, that's what happened. And Queen Esther is obviously a Jew, but she didn't tell anything to, to her king. So she goes into a time of prayer and fasting so that they will not die. All right, because Mordecai had asked Queen Esther, please stand before the king and ask him for mercy. And you cannot go to the king unless you've been called by him to go to his court. So that's how it worked in those days. And let me just give you a quick character recap. Uh, it's Queen Vashti. Can you remember? Queen Vashti was the first wife of King Ahasuerus that was disrespectful. She dishonored him. She showed the public display of dishonor, and the king just <laughs> cut her out, all right? Um, maybe not the wisest choice, but that's what he did. He was so angry at her, he just said, okay, no, we're done. Um, so the king is King Ahasuerus. He's the king of this time, and he's ruling 127 provinces from India to Ethiopia. He's just an amazing guy. He's powerful. He's the most powerful man in the whole world that time, and we see that we we meet Esther. How many of you know Esther in the Bible? All right, that's the whole series. Esther is just a normal girl. She's a slave. She's a Jew. She's lost both her parents. And there's a decree that goes out from the king's courts to say, we're calling, we, we, we've chosen 50 of the most beautiful virgins in 127 provinces. So out of half of the world's population, they chose 50 of the most beautiful women, and Esther was one of them. I think uh, it was Tipi Sona that spoke about this. He said, if the Bible says that a, a woman was very beautiful, you must know, brother, that she was very beautiful. The Bible uses the word very beautiful, not just beautiful, very beautiful. It's, it's, so then you know, okay, she was, she was good wife material, okay. She gets chosen. She, get, she goes to the king. And the king is so happy with Esther that he makes her a queen. He makes her the queen of 127 provinces. And you know what's so beautiful is that for 12 months, Esther had to prepare herself to meet the king. She was six months where she was like in the king's courts and they had to do like um, spa days basically. Every day and beauty days every day for 12 months for these women before they even met the king. So we learned that you need to be prepared before you meet your wife or your husband. God needs to prepare you. God needs to process you. It doesn't just come like that. You need to be prepared for it. And God does prepare you for it. And we also meet the character Haman. How many of you remember Haman? That evil dude. He's the one that sent out the decree. Let's kill all the Jews, all right? So we don't like him. And then Mordecai is Queen Esther's cousin. And uh, she grew up with him, and he's the guy that's speaking through Esther to the king. Now, what I want to say is this, that tonight we're closing the series. It's been an amazing book. We studied Esther because she's a woman of God. She's a woman of God. She loves God. She loves prayer. She loves fasting. That's why we're studying her life. And it's, it's Women's Month, or it was Women's Month, so we, we're studying a life, we're ending off on a life, because I believe that God has a perfect plan for all the ladies of our nation. He has an amazing plan to use you, to, to mold you, to form you, and to 
to just hurl you forth into what he's planned for your life and never allow a guy to tell you you should do less or you should be less or you should you shouldn't do that that's too much for you that's a guy's job we don't we don't speak like that at this youth if God has called you to do something he's called you to do it and you hang on to the word of the Lord amen can you say amen tonight for one are the keys fixed all right thank you that was the biggest stall of my life. All right. No, I'm kidding. All right, let me go to the intro. Let me give you a story overview. I'm going to give you a story overview. And then I'm going to read you a couple of scriptures. And there's about three parts in this message where it's going to be totally about the prophetic. It's a prophetic word that will be released to you. All right. But before I get to that, what the Lord has shared on my heart, I want to close the story for you. Because last week, we kind of got to... Esther had just finished praying and fasting for three days and three nights. She didn't eat or drink anything, right? Right? All right. Then she had to go to the king. And if the king didn't hold out his scepter, she wouldn't have been chosen to come to him. Then the moment the king doesn't allow you to come into the court, he can kill you. That's, that's the thing. There's a, there's a person that stands there that if the king doesn't allow you access you die so she was going there with her life hoping that she can save her people this is the queen woman imagine that you can only go to your husband one day and it's only when he calls you the rest of the time you must you don't see each other it was 30 days that she's she hasn't been called by the king so this one day she decides I'm gonna go to the king myself because I need to plead for mercy on my people and you know what's beautiful is that Esther, she gets favor from the king. And then she invites him and Haman, that evil dude, to a banquet. The king asks her, what do you want? Ask me anything. She says, I want to invite you to dinner. So tell me, Reese, the king tells you, I give you anything. And you tell him, I want to invite you to dinner. That's a stupid request, man. If I was in front of the king, I'd ask for half the kingdom. He tells her, you can get up to half the kingdom. She says, can I have dinner with you? So beautiful, actually. It's amazing. She just wanted dinner with him and Haman. So they say yes. She prepares the banquet. And basically, they, they get there to the banquet. And Haman is still angry at Mordecai. Can you remember why? Because Mordecai didn't want to bow to Haman. Haman was made a king by the king and Mordecai was the only guy that didn't want to bow before him and kiss his shoes or whatever he's the only guy that didn't want to do that and Haman is so angry at Mordecai that he has so much offense that this guy doesn't want to bow down to me that he goes home and he and he plots against Mordecai's life and he makes in those days I don't know what they called it but it's it's something that they built for them to hang you a gallop thank you that's exactly what they made, a 50 foot. I don't know how many meters that is, but I think it's about 20 meters or so. Up in the air, a gallow that they're going to make and they're going to hang him. So Haman is planning Mordecai's death already. He's saying, I'm going to kill that guy. He's so angry, he wants to kill him. And one night the king can't sleep. Are you listening? The king cannot sleep. And he's, he's like, oh man, I can't sleep. And he asks for his chronicles. Now, in those times, the chronicles were 
just a, a record of, of things that the king was keeping. And in there, there was a record taken of Mordecai that had helped the king a couple of years back by reporting two people that wanted to kill him. But he was never rewarded in that time. All right, you're going to get it once the prophetic comes. And he was never rewarded at that time for what the good deed he had done. And so the king sees this and he says, Has Mordecai received his reward? And the servants of the king say, Huh? He hasn't. And he says, Okay, who's in the court? Who's in the court of the king? And they say, Haman is in the court. So he says, Okay, call Haman. All right? And listen to this. This is the best part of the story. Haman is so full of himself because the king had promoted him. The king asked him now, Haman, what do you think someone should get that spared the king's life? What kind of honor should that person get? And he's thinking about himself. The Bible says he thinks about himself. We're going to read it. And he's, he's, and he's thinking, he's probably speaking about me. So he's saying, put this guy on the king's horse. And let him wear the king's robe. And let him be paraded throughout the city. And let one of the princes shout. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever it was. We'll read it. He says that thinking it will be him. The king says, all right. Haman, I want you to do that to Mordecai. Woo! Imagine. Imagine. You are, the, you are Haman and you hate Mordecai and you think the king's going to reward you and you know what, I'm going to get a bonus, I'm going to get a promotion. Your boss asks you, you know, what kind of promotion should we give the person that has worked so hard this year? And you think, oh, he's speaking about me, praise the Lord. Give him 20,000 rand, you know? And then it's like, okay, great. And, and let one of the other workers here give it to him. And then your boss says, all right, I want you to give it to that guy over there. And you're like, ah. Hey, what, what would Tippy Sauce do? Hey. I would totally freak out if that happened to me. So Mordecai has to parade his enemy. And what happens is that Queen Esther at the banquet, Haman comes there after he paraded Mordecai, right? His enemy. Queen Esther gets them to the banquet and they're sitting around the table and the king once again he's happy he had a little bit of wine he was eating he was having a good time with his wife right and then he says to her again what do you want you can have anything i'll give you anything she says deliver my people have mercy on my people and he's like what do you mean and then she has to tell him she's a jew and, and, he, and he realizes, oh my word, I sent the decree out to kill my own wife. And he says, who did this? And she says, the evil Haman. Immediately the king kills Haman. He's, he, in the same gallow that Haman built, he hung him on that. Powerful, right? And the, and the king does this. He says, okay, how are we going to fix this? And Esther says, and when the king says, here's my signet ring, write whatever you want and send it out to all my provinces, to all my nations, send it out to them. So the king gives them access to send out anything. 
and they send out that the Jews on that day can counter attack the people that want to kill them and the Jews were so excited Mordecai was so excited because on that day when the decree went out for the people to attack the Jews the Jews could attack them the Jews became so powerful that the king ended with 177 provinces they overtook another 50 that's how powerful it was that's the movement of God that came in that time through the Jewish people and the king promotes Mordecai to second in charge second in charge and it's a beautiful story and the story ends there and then it goes to Job and then Job is an amazing character as well and now I want to I want to show you the prophetic side of this word tonight that God had revealed to me some scriptures that is for you tonight so just tell someone tell someone are you expecting a word from the Lord If they didn't answer you, ask them, was that a rhetorical question? <laughs> All right, now I want you to listen, not just with your ears, but with your spirit. I want you to listen. I want you to receive. Promise me for the next 10 minutes, you will not go on Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, and 9gag, and Gmail, and what else? YouTube, and Snapchat, and Twitter, and safari and google and mix it if you, if you still have that if you have a blueberry or blackberry ash please get a new phone all right nobody has a bbm pen anymore reese ash. all right never mind but tonight i want you to for the next 10 minutes give me your attention because god is going to move right now and just make sure you have the, the sound of Yeshua for me there, please. Esther 5 verse 3 says this. And the king said to her, look at that. What do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you. I want the whole band to be ready. Up to half the kingdom. <laughs> How crazy is that? The king says... Queen Esther, what is it that you want? Up to half the kingdom you can have. So somebody quickly, what's half of 127? 63 and a half. Okay, good. Good thinking, Dwayne. The rest of you, what's happening with the math? I don't want to hear that 418 is failing math, okay? All right. Put the scripture up for me again, please. Esther 5 verse 3 says this. And the king said to her, what do you wish, Queen Esther? I want us to say that together. Say, what do you wish, Queen Esther? Imagine God asks you that question tonight. What do you wish? What do you want? And it says, what is your request? It shall be given to you up to half the kingdom. And she asked him for dinner. Hey, Jesus, Look at Esther 8 verse 8. You yourselves write at the creek concerning the Jews as you please in the king's name and seal it with the king's signet ring for whatever is written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring, no one can revoke. So in two portions of scripture I want to show you. And there's another time that the king asks, what do you want? What do you wish? The prophetic word from this aspect tonight is this. 
that yes, God wants to give you breakthrough and God wants to bless you with stuff and God wants to give you the kingdoms. God wants to ask you, what is your request? God wants to ask you, what do you want? But you know what happened in Esther chapter four? Was an Esther's fast. And he said to her, sacrifice for three days and three nights. And after that, he literally walked into the king's courts and he asked her, what do you want? Because of a fast. Because of a fast, he asked her, what do you want? And the Lord spoke to me today and he said, too many people are asking me what they want and what I need to do for them, but they haven't even sacrificed. This is not an uplifting prophetic word. This is a convicting one where God spoke to me. And I heard this, I think it was T.D. Jakes. He said that sometimes we want God to give us the thing in our minds that we're not ready for. And you want God to serve you. You don't want, God, you don't want to serve God. You want God to serve you with that thing. God, give us this, give us that. God, please, please, please. And people pray, Lord, give me that bursary. Without even praying this prayer first, Lord, what is your will? Where do you want me to go? Father, I would like to go to the University of Stellenbosch, but if that's not your will, don't send me. I'm going to apply by faith, God. If you don't open the doors, if you don't provide, I know it's not from you. But we quickly, we quick to pray, Lord, open that door. And it's like God is your slave. God, God is not our slave. God is not our butler. God is our Father and He wants to give us everything we desire. And this happened to me with my house. And as I was trusting God for my house, I first asked Him, is that where you want me to live? If it is, you'll open the doors. And He did. He opened the doors supernaturally where He wanted me to stay. I live where the Lord wants me to live. I preach what the Lord wants me to preach. I go where the Lord wants me to go. I don't do what I, what I want to do. If I do what I want to do, I won't be here tonight. If I do what I want to do, I won't go to the school on Thursdays. Uh, if I do what I want to do, I will not be here at, at church working for the ministry. If it's Nikki's will be done, it'll be a different life. But it's about living in total surrenders to the Lord and in sacrifice to the Lord to say, what is it that you want me to do? Because God, I know I can only make a difference if I do what you want me to do. And some of us, God has called to an Esther fast because He wants you to have an Esther breakthrough. Esther didn't need a breakthrough 30 days from now. She needed a now breakthrough. So she had to put in a now sacrifice. Too many people want a now breakthrough from the Lord, but they don't want to put in a now sacrifice. What kind of sacrifices are we putting in to our generation? What kind of sacrifices are we putting in to what we want from the Lord? I spoke to Chris today and I said, and he, and he said, you know what? He's trusting the Lord for the sound of heaven. And I, and I said to him what was revealed to me through my grandfather's biography. My grandfather said this. He said, he was so hungry for the Lord. He was so hungry for revival and miracles in South Africa that he went on a fast and his wife had to drop him off under some thorn tree and in a bush somewhere with just a, a bottle of water. And he sat under that tree day and night, praying and crying out to the, Lord, to the Lord, God, bring a revival to South Africa. Bring the healings to South Africa. Bring miracles to South Africa. And God said to him, a doctor has to study for seven years to do what they need to do. How long are you willing to pray for miracles to happen? 
if a doctor has to get a, a degree in what they need to do. And Bianca, how long does it take? Six years, all right. Six years to just get a degree to become a doctor. How long are we willing to pray for God to move in our generation with signs, wonders and miracles? And he says he wants the sound of heaven. I said, how long will it take you to get a degree in your music? He said, four to six years. And I said, how long are you willing to pray? for the sound of heaven to come. It's not fair that the world has to study six years to get something and we as Christians want it in six hours. God wants you to put in the sacrifice. Esther needed an hour breakthrough, so she had to put in an hour sacrifice. If you need a breakthrough tomorrow, you gotta put in the, the sacrifice today. If we wanna see our generation saved in 10 years from now, we gotta put in the sacrifice today, Tipiso. All of these men of God that did great things, they, they fasted. There can only be a Jesus move if there's a Jesus fast. Jesus fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Are we willing to do that? If God says, hey, I want you to go do this, are you willing to put in the sacrifice for it? Is there to put in the sacrifice? Is there to put in the risk? She had to risk her life before the king could say, yes, come into my court, I'll give to you what you want. You have to put in the sacrifice. And it's not just about an hour or two. It's about days in the presence of God, sacrificing your time, sacrificing your friends, putting that aside to say, Lord, it's just you and I now. How many of you can honestly say that in the past week, you really had a connection with the Lord? How many of you can honestly say that this week, you know, I felt God in that one prayer meeting. I was, I was there in my room. I felt the Lord. If you had that this week, you're privileged because 90% of people didn't feel it. You know why? Because we don't want to go past five minutes. After five minutes, Lord, where, where's the breakthrough? Why is my bank account still on zero, Lord? I don't understand. I prayed five minutes. I don't understand, God. I prayed before my, my test and I still failed. And God said, yeah, but you didn't study. Study to show yourself approved. That's what the Word says. There is no breakthrough. There is no greater generation without a sacrifice. And I'm asking 418 tonight, are we willing to put in the 418 sacrifice? To say, Lord, we're sacrificing our egos and our pride and our time and our agenda and our programs for you, God. The first word that I want to release tonight is that one. The Lord wants to ask us, the Lord wants to ask us, what do you want? What is your request? I will give you up to half the kingdom. But he said to me, I need them to put in the sacrifice. So the first word that I want you to take tonight, because later we're going to pray for you, is this. Are you willing to put in the sacrifice for God to use you? For God to move through you? And if you say no, get out of God's way. Let Him use somebody else. So many people have said this. I was the third choice of the Lord. I was the second choice of the Lord. I read a book this week of a guy that is overseeing 17,000 students in America per week. Brian Barcelona, an amazing man of God. And he said this, he was God's second option. The first guy came to him and said this, man, you're doing what God called me to do. I said, no. And he started weeping. He started crying, the guy. Because he's seeing 17,000 people 
being ministered to every single week, every single week being ministered to. And he could have been that guy, but he said no, and now he's selling cars. Are you going to be the one that says yes or no? It's your choice. It's your choice. God calls everyone, but what's your choice? And this word is tough. This word is hard because saying yes to the Lord comes with a massive sacrifice. A massive one. You sacrifice friends. You sacrifice family. You sacrifice time. You sacrifice energy. You sacrifice everything for Jesus. Everything. It's not a little bit. You sacrifice a lot. You'll sacrifice time with your children one day. You'll sacrifice time with your wife one day. Because God will say, hey, I want to speak to you. Come, let me speak to you. You'll sacrifice sleep for the Lord. And He'll speak to you in the middle of the night. But He's just waiting for one person to say, God, I'm here to sacrifice. I'm not here for you to say, Lord, send me to stadium. Send me to this, send me to that. God, I just want to sacrifice. I want to be obedient. And if we can do that as a generation, imagine not only one said yes, but a hundred said yes. Imagine not only a hundred said yes, but a thousand. What if 10,000 said yes to the Lord? There's about 50 million people in South Africa. What if 5 million said yes to the Lord? I said, God, we're going to go for you. We're going for Jesus. We're going for Jesus right now. We're not saying yes to the world anymore. We're saying yes to the Lord. But there's a cost to it. The cost is everything. How many of you watched the movie Infinity War? <laughs> and that uh, little Gamora saying, how much did it cost? And Thanos had to say, it cost everything. Everything. That's the price you pay for being a Christian. How much is it going to cost to be on fire Christian for the Lord? Everything. No, but Nikki, let me, and I gave this word to the students that I'll spark. Jesus goes to a guy in Matthew chapter, I think it's eight or nine. And Jesus asked him, follow me. No, Jesus didn't even ask him that. That's, no, that's wrong. He didn't even ask him that. The guy just said, Lord, I'm going to follow you. And Jesus says, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Another guy, he says, Rabbi, let me follow you. Jesus says to him, come, follow me. And he says, oh, wait, but first let me go bury my father. And Jesus says to him, let the dead bury the dead. How many of you would have been offended if Jesus said to you, let somebody else bury your dead father? And I would have been offended, right? I would have been, hey, okay, yo, Jesus, I'm out. That's, that's offensive. And Daniel Kalenda, one of the evangelists, he asked the Lord, Lord, why were you so unreasonable with that man in the Bible? When you said, let the dead bury the dead, he's like, that's offensive. And God spoke to him and he said, how do you know that his father was dead? He says, tell him, show me in the Bible where it says that his father died. The problem in that whole scripture is two words, but first. But first, God calls a person and they're like, but first let me just go tell my mom that I need, I'm called for Jesus. The moment you say, but first, Jesus has already done this. He's already on to the next guy. Where's the next girl? Where's the next guy? He's not waiting for you. When the call goes out, he needs a response. And God is, is very to the point. He doesn't beat around the bush. He's like, hey, I called you. You want to follow me? And you say, uh, I called you. Do you want to follow me? I called you. Yes. Okay, come. 
That's how God is. God is our waiting three days, two days. He doesn't say, hey, give me an answer in two weeks if you would like to preach the gospel. He's like, I called you. What are you going to do with it? Yes or no? And if it's no, next guy. Are you available? Are you willing? Do you want to go? And he says yes, and God will take him by the hand. How many of you know that when God is going to call you tonight, you need to say yes and don't say no. Because you don't want to be there 30 years later and say, you know what, I could have been the guy that led 75 million people to the Lord in Africa. I could have been that guy, but now I'm, I'm stuck here selling cars. And you live for commission and you don't live for eternity. So the first word tonight is that if you want a breakthrough, if you want a breakthrough tonight, God is requiring a sacrifice because fire falls on sacrifice. Fire falls on sacrifice. Fire doesn't come on an empty altar. The fire falls on an altar with sacrifice. It's not convenient. It's not comfortable. It's not profitable for you to sacrifice to the Lord. No one sees your prayers. No one sees your tears. No one sees that you're sacrificing two, three hours a day praying. No one sees that you, you're losing weight because you've been fasting for two weeks and, and you're tired and you're weary. Nobody recognizes that. But they'll recognize you when you're on the stage. They'll recognize you when you're on television and social media accounts have blown up because of what you're doing. They'll recognize you then, but watch out for those people because you got to be around the people that were there for you when you were sacrificing. Mordecai was with Esther from the beginning and he was with it till the end. you got to have people that are with you like that the whole time. I thank God for the 418 team. I thank God for their sacrifice, praying with us, fasting with us because the Lord is raising up only a certain people for 2020. People that are going to say yes to the Lord for next year, He's raising them up. God already spoke to me about some of your names for next year. So I said, okay, Lord, you need to make space. Because some of these people are like bricks. They're holding us back. Other people, they want to go. They want to be ready. Send those people, Lord. And the second word I want to release over you tonight is in Esther chapter 6, verse 6 to 11 and 7, verse 9 to 10. This is the funniest part of the whole story is that look at this. So Haman came in and the king asked him, what shall be done for the man whom the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, whom would the king delight to honor more than me? That's pride right there. And Haman answered the king, for the man whom the king delights to honor, let a royal robe be brought which the king has worn and the horse on which the king has ridden, which has a royal crest placed on his head, then let his robe and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that he may array the man whom the king delights to honor. Then parade him on horseback through the city square and proclaim before him. Look at this. Thus shall it be to the man whom the king delights to honor. Then the king said to Amen, Hurry! And then I can just imagine Haman's face was like, it's like, take the robe and horse, yes? As you suggest, and do so for Mordecai. I'd have been struck dead right there, like, whoa. I think his whole countenance changed right there. Haman was just like, uh-uh, uh-uh, not today, devil. The Jew who sits within the king's gate, Leave nothing undone of all that you have said. 
So Haman took the robe and the horse, arrayed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city square and proclaimed before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. I want to declare over you tonight that your enemies, what they've been wishing on themselves, is going to come to you. The same rewards, the same promotions, the same increase that your enemies trusting for, God is going to just put on you and He's going to use your enemies to array you publicly. They're going to have to acknowledge publicly that you're better than them. Come on, give God a praise if you want that word tonight. That God is busy with your enemies. This is the word of the Lord tonight, that the rewards your enemy has stored up for themselves, they will have to give to you publicly. That enemy that you have in the workplace, your boss, he's not going to honor him, he's going to honor you through that person. That person that gives you a headache at school and at work and in university, God is saying tonight, I'm going to use them to publicly honor you. And the same thing they wanted, I will give to you. But none of this comes without a sacrifice. None of this comes by taking a seed that empties an account. And says, God, I'm trusting you. I've got nothing left. This is it. It requires a sacrifice. It requires two, three hours of prayer. It requires fasting for weeks. It requires a sacrifice before the Lord, before He can promote you above your enemies. And if you look at chapter 7, verse 9 to 10, it says, Now Harbona, one of the eunuchs, said to the king, Look, the gallows, there we go, 50 cubits high, which Haman made for Mordecai, who spoke good on the king's behalf, is standing at the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's wrath subsided. Another word I want to release over you tonight is that the evil plans that your enemy has planned and plotted against you, they're going to fall into that trap themselves. They plan to hang you. They plan to kill you. They plan to shut you up. But God is about to turn the evil plans on them. God is about to send you to a king that's going to turn the evil plans of the evil people on them and God is going to promote you God is going to elevate you God is going to increase you but let me tell you tonight it doesn't come without a sacrifice God is looking for sacrificial people Oh, and the last word I want to release over you tonight is Esther chapter 8 verse 1 to 2 On that day, King Ahasuerus gave Queen Esther, listen to what I'm reading. On that day, the king gave the queen the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. And Mordecai came before the king for Esther told how he was related to her. So the king took off his signet ring which he had taken from Haman and gave it to Mordecai. And look at this, and Esther appointed Mordecai over the house of Haman. Okay, before I release the word, chapter 10 verse 3, quickly. For Mordecai the Jew was second to King Ahasuerus and was great 
among the Jews and well received by the multitude of his brethren seeking the good of his people and speaking peace to all his countrymen this is what I prophesy over you tonight 418 the things that the enemy that your enemy worked for their whole life God will give to you in a split second of favor Oh, you didn't hear that word tonight. The things, the houses, the cars, the salaries, the businesses that the enemies have worked for their entire lives. God is about to give you a moment of favor. God is about to release a moment of favor over you that you cannot say no. Kings are about to give you their signatures. Kings are about to give you their rings. Kings are about to bestow upon you favor and grace and mercy. And the same thing your enemy worked for, the same house they worked for, the same salary they worked for, God is about to give to you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise tonight. I want you to stand, everybody stand. Close your eyes, I want to tell you this. This is the word of the Lord tonight. Haman plotted against his enemy. Haman plotted against his enemy. Haman stored up rewards for himself. And God gave everything that the enemy wanted to a man of God. To a man that sacrificed in prayer and in fasting. To a man that was praying. To a man that said, Lord, I'm not going to bow to a worldly system. I will only bow to my God. God gave him the honor. The word of the Lord is this tonight, 418. Honor the Lord with your sacrifice and the Lord will honor your sacrifice. I release that over you tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I thank you that you honor our sacrifice. Tonight is not a motivational message. Tonight is not a feel-good message. I came to tell you to wake up. Rise up. You need to put in the hours and the days of sacrifice. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Great things don't come to those who sit around and wait. Great things come to those who seek the Lord. Who say, God, I'm not going to go out tonight. I'm not going to go spend money on a bunch of nonsense tonight. I'm going to stay at home in your presence. I'm going to stay at home in your presence. God, you know what? I'm not going to go out tonight and, and party. You know what, God? I'm going to go out tonight and win souls. God is looking for the remnant. He's looking for his remnant. What are you? Who are you going to be? Are you going to be Esther? Are you going to be Mordecai? Or are you going to be like Haman? Who are you going to be? Who are you going to be? Make your decision tonight. For more information on products, please visit our website or send us an email. All the details are on the back of the product pack.